0: Welcome to the Battlefield Baptist Church Podcast. We are so glad you joined us and pray that this message is a blessing to you today. This week's message was entitled, Be Blessed. Join us in Psalm 1. Well, last week uh, we were talking about true freedom and we were in John chapter 8. And I was talking about the fact that, that the Bible, Jesus actually sets forth the conditions for our true freedom. And you remember we were talking about that the first condition was to believe, but then if you're really going to be set free by the Word of God, there has to be this sense that we are abiding in His Word. We are continuing, we are remaining in His Word. And so uh, as a continuation really of that thought, I thought, man, let's talk about being blessed. Because certainly we are blessed at the moment of belief. Jesus comes in, the old nature, you know, uh, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. And so we have a new nature and Jesus comes in and certainly that's a blessing in and of itself. But that passage that Jesus was talking about in John chapter 8 was referring to this idea or this concept of you and I abiding in his word. And so today... The title of my message, if you're a note taker, is simply Be Blessed. Be blessed. And the truth is, um, I'm really not sure whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never called out upon the name of Christ to become your Savior for the forgiveness of sin. But the reality is, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, everyone, everyone in this room, I truly believe, wants to be happy. Everybody in this room wants to be blessed in some form or fashion. Everybody wants to experience blessings and happiness in their life. In fact, it was amazing to me that yesterday morning uh, I, w- I woke up and so I came up to church. Uh, I was to the offices here. I was very very early. I woke up and and uh, I won't tell on my wife, but it was one of these things. At about four a.m., I felt this hand hitting me in the head and i was like i was like what baby what what and and she was totally asleep and as happens sometimes the older we get i could not go back to sleep and so i got up and got dressed and got ready and it was amazing to me that at 5:30 in the morning right down here at brookside the little pool that's there there were people already out with their 10 by 10 tents getting ready for a swim meet are you crazy That is not the way to find happiness. (laughs) It's 5.30 in the morning. I said, what are these people doing? They were setting up shop like they were going to be there all day, and they were. It was an all-day affair. The older I get, it seems like the more I look around, I see people in all shapes and sizes looking for blessings, looking for happiness. And you know that old saying, that old song from years ago, looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm afraid that we as a society, we as a people, we as a culture have begun to look for happiness and blessings in all the wrong places. You'll not find happiness in the bottom of a swimming pool. You'll not find happiness at a cookout. These things are enjoyable, but true freedom and happiness are not going to be found in those things. Now I'm really honest with myself, there are people in this world who just love to be miserable. Have you ever met them? And they're all too happy for you to be miserable right along with them. But I'm not going to do it. We shouldn't be miserable. Listen, we want to enjoy life. Jesus said, the thief cometh but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But what did he say he came for? He said he came so that he could give us not only life, But that he could give us an abundant life, an enjoyable life, a happy life, a blessed life, if you please. The world's philosophy on this thing about blessings can be found in those statements. We've all heard them before. You know, uh, what is it? Eat, drink, and be merry for what? But for tomorrow you die. What's the other one? What's the other one? Um, Don't worry. And then, um, don't worry, be happy, Eat drink. Oh, this is the other one. If it feels good, that's the world's philosophy. But you see, that's the world's philosophy concerning blessings and happiness, but God's philosophy on blessings and happiness can be found in the wisdom of His Word. I want to encourage you guys, search the Scriptures. Search the Scriptures and understand what thus saith the Word of God. Try to live your life according to what he says rather than according to what I say or what you say. His word is always best. His wisdom is always best. In fact, as a way of introduction, I want to show you a couple of verses. Uh, On vacation, I was reading through the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is all about wisdom. And this is what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Notice what it says on the screen. It said, happy or blessed, that's what the word happy there means. Blessed is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Verse number 14, notice, notice the outcome. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain or the profit thereof than fine gold. Listen, if we want to be blessed, if we want to be happy, I want to encourage you, search the scriptures. That's where you'll find your blessing. That's where you'll find your happiness. And so how do, we, how do we find this? How do we really today really grab a hold of this topic of being blessed and find happiness? Well, in our text, notice Psalm chapter number 1, the Bible identifies two roads It actually identifies two roads. We're going to basically look at verses 1 through 3 and cover one road. But the roads that are covered are the road of the righteous and the road of the ungodly. Now the road of the righteous actually leads a person closer to God where the road of the ungodly in contrast leads further and further and further away from God. In fact, uh, the Bible tells us, and I want you to see this because it's important to understand what these passages of scriptures mean. In Proverbs chapter 14, and then it's also mirrored in Proverbs chapter 16 and 25, notice what the Bible says. It says, there is a way... There is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now what you need to know is that the word way there actually in the Hebrew means road. There is a road or a course of life. It means road or course of life. The trajectory in which you and I follow. The Bible says there's a road which seemeth right unto a man. You see, there's a road that I like to take sometimes... But it doesn't mean it's God's road. We have to be very careful what road we take. Notice what Psalm 37. The psalmist says in Psalm 37 the same thing about this road. In verse number 5, the Bible says, Commit thy way, same Hebrew word, commit thy road or course of life, Unto the Lord, and then notice what the psalmist says. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. In other words, what the psalmist is saying here is that God is the one who secures our happiness and the happy results, but it's not for me, it's for Him. It's on His behalf. It brings Him honor. It brings Him glory when the righteous follow the road that leads closer and closer to Him I was talking to Travis and Brother Larry this morning, and I was thinking about sometimes as men, sometimes we don't like to follow directions, do we? (laughs) We don't like to follow directions, but you know what? We have been uh, blessed. We have been blessed with technology. It's amazing that in an earthly sense or a physical sense, We have this little contraption now where if we're on the wrong road, we just ask Siri. We're like, hey, Siri, where is Dunkin' Donuts? And Siri tells us. Or what we do is we put in an address in our car's that now are equipped, a lot of these cars now are equipped with GPS. I can put in some random address, and there's some voice on the car telling me, in 300 yards, turn right. In 200 yards, turn left. It's amazing to me that in an earthly sense, we'll listen to Siri, we'll listen to a GPS, we'll listen to Google Maps... And yet, in a spiritual sense, we have a problem listening to God who says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the ways thereof are death. Listen, I want to talk to you about being blessed this morning. And the only road, the road of the righteous, is the only road that leads to real blessing and happiness. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 12, show this verse. In Proverbs 12, verse 28, the Bible says, in the way, now you have to be careful now, you don't go out of here and say, well, pastor said the, road, the word way means road because it's different at different points of Scripture. Notice it says in the way, that word way means the road well traveled. There's a difference. See, the other was saying there's a road or a course of life that you think is right, that I think is right, but God says it's the way of death. This verse here says, the road well traveled, notice what it says, the road well traveled of righteousness is life. And in the pathway or road, now we go back to the other road, see, and in the pathway, see the word pathway is the same Hebrew word as the word we read before, it means road or course of life, and it says, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. See, when we follow God's road, when we follow His ways, when we follow His word, when we uh, listen to Him and His will, we're going to be blessed. That's good news. That's good news, guys. Proverbs chapter 15. Notice again, the verse, Bob, verse number 9. The way or road or course of life of the wicked. Now he's speaking of the wicked. Of the wicked is an abomination It means, that word abomination means that it disgusts God. So notice the verse again. The road or the way of the wicked is disgusting unto the Lord, but he loveth him, notice what it says, he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. That word followeth means he loves the person who runs after righteousness. Why? Because the way of righteousness is life. Before Jesus Christ came in, I was not righteous. Remember, we read the passage. You can write it down and check it later. Romans chapter 6, verse 20. Talks about that before Christ comes in, you and I are free or void of righteousness. But when Jesus comes in, he imparts his righteousness to me so that God now sees me through the righteousness of his son not me the sinner the unsaved the condemned and i don't know about you but that's a blessing to me so let's notice what psalm number 1 has to say to the church this morning about this idea of being blessed number 1 i say be blessed by resisting by resisting the influence of evil be blessed By resisting the influence of evil. Notice what verse number 1 says again in Psalm chapter 1. The Bible classifies three different types of people that we need to be wary of. It says... Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. What you see there, if you'll keep that verse up, it says, Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The ungodly person are those who are completely void without God. They don't want God. They don't have God. They don't want to even think about God. The second classification of people, it says, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, and then it says, nor stand in the, uh, in the way of sinners. The word sinner there is speaking of people that do evil. It's the Hebrew word, chata'ah, and it means those who miss the mark, very similar word to the Greek word, hamartia. And so it says, stay away from people who have no uh, uh, idea about God, stay away from people who are are doing continually evil. And then notice the last thing. It says, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. The scornful people are those who mock God. The people who talk about God. The people who talk about God's people. The people who talk about God's word as if it's not true. Those are the scornful people. And we'll get back to that here in just a second. But good, bad, and ugly, we all are susceptible to influence, aren't we? We are susceptible to influence. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. If you want to be blessed, resist. Resist with all your might the influence of evil. You see, ungodly behavior, evil works can wreak havoc in my life and in your life if we're not careful. Because not only do we have this influence, but what happens is we get tangled up with the momentum of influence. You see, you allow yourself to be influenced a little bit, then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's just like telling a lie. You tell a little lie, right? Dad and mom come home, and you've told a little lie, and you want to fix it, so what do you do? You tell a little bit bigger lie to cover your tracks. And before you know it, you're telling whoppers of lies to cover your tracks. We have to be so careful of the momentum and influence, because there's one thing I know. Momentum is pretty important. It's important in sports. I was thinking about Jared and your powerlifting and and things that you do. It's important when you're in sporting event, it's important uh, in projects. When we're doing a project, momentum, the momentum of influence when we're doing a project in the corporate world or in the business sense. It, momentum is important in the life of a business. And you know what? Momentum is important in the life of a church as well. Listen, we have to be careful because evil momentum, when we think of this, uh, blessed is the man that... Walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. When we allow evil momentum to gain steam in our life, the righteous person does not want to and will not live according to God's word. We will be swayed. We will be pulled further and further away from God in His word. The word blessed, notice verse number one again. It says, blessed is the man. That word blessed there actually is the Hebrew word, which actually means, and we were talking about this yesterday, it means to be straight or right. It says, blessed is the man to be straight or to be right. And what the implication is, it's speaking of the man who is right with God. You see, to be straight or to be right, it means that the righteous man is going to be blessed. Watch. The righteous man is going to be blessed, not just from knowing Jesus and Him crucified. The righteous man is going to be blessed when he or she is right with God. Now let me ask you a question. If we are walking in the counsel of the ungodly and we're standing in the way of sinners and we're sitting in the seat of the scornful Do you believe in your heart that that means we're right with God? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. James chapter 4, I was thinking about this this morning. I'm sorry, guys, I didn't give you that verse. But James chapter 4 in verse number 7 tells us that we're to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and then he will flee from us. Verse number 8 goes on and it says, Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. And then it talks about cleansing your hands as sinners. And so the the implication that I would be pulled down by evil momentum is so incredibly important if I want to be blessed. Charles Spurgeon, great pastor of yesteryear, he once remarked saying these words. He said, Psalm number 1, this verse in Psalm number 1, does not say blessed is the king, blessed is the scholar, or blessed is the rich. But it says blessed is the man. This blessedness or happiness is attainable by the poor, the forgotten, and the obscure. And I want you to know he was right. He was right because happiness is available to every one of us in this room that have called out upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You say, well, I'm happy in Jesus, but are you happy in your walk with Jesus? There's a difference there. It's happy, it's happy for me to think about the blessings of God. It's happy for me to think about the fact that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and He has purchased my sin debt and has made me free. That's great. But am I walking in true happiness in blessings before the God of this universe? Oh, I want to encourage you, be blessed by resisting the influence of evil. You see, because real blessings come to the person who remains separated from ungodliness. See, I can't walk in filthiness and in ungodliness and think I'm going to be blessed. It just doesn't work that way. Frank was teaching our Sunday school class this morning and I wanted to shout out at one point and we were talking about uh, our behavior As believers, and that we ought to, because we have this lively hope in Christ, there ought to be a a behavioral change to those whom Christ has come in. And that's true. But my behavior is different now, guys, because my beliefs are different. Do you see that? See, my behavior before Christ was one way. My behavior after Christ, as I alluded to last week, should be a different way knowing in whom I belong. No man can pluck me out of the Father's hand. No man can pluck you, Francis, out of the Father's hand. You are safe and secure in the Father's hand. Oh yes, a believer will persevere. Therefore, the places we go, the books we read, the films we see, the crowds we run with should be impacted. And I know that the world likes to throw this up all the time, so let me address it. Yes, Jesus Christ was a friend of sinners, but he never, ever allowed himself to do something that was contrary to the Father's will. Oh, we have to be very careful of saying, well, brother, I'm just going to go do this because they're sinners. Well, i got sinners that live in my own home, namely me. The moment hey by the way the moment you guys think that you're not sinners there's a problem in your life. If you think you've arrived, you think you're smarter than everybody else there's a problem. You see therefore we must be very careful how we walk. The Psalmist is inv- is urging. He's begging if you please. This is an introduction by the way to the book of Psalms. He's begging if you please for believers to avoid those things that are poisonous. He's begging us to avoid those things that are destructive or counterproductive to our journey of faith. In fact, he says, don't even listen to ungodly people. You say, well, what does that mean? What does that mean, uh, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly? Well, here's what I put down, kind of a working definition. Listening to the ungodly is like listening to the philosophies of the natural man who receiveth not the things of God, we know from Scripture. It's like listening to the philosophies of the natural man who seeks to understand his or her own existence and their control without regard to God. Oh, listen, we need to be blessed by resisting the influence of evil. The righteous person knows that God's Word is always going to be the best counselor in their life. The ungodly in this passage, you know, a lot of times we look at the ungodly and we think, oh, that must be a person who is committing murder. That must be a person who's a rapist. That must be a commit. You know, we never talk about the person who's a liar. We never talk about the person who's a gossiper. We never talk about the person who slanders or tears down or brings division into the church. We talk about murder. We talk about rape. We talk about all these other things. But this, 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 Uh, This title of the ungodly is not speaking about a person like that. It's speaking of a person who lives his or her life without regard of God. I'm not concerned about God. I'm not talking about God. I'm not going to think about God. In fact, and I don't know if you guys put it in the computer, but in Psalm 14, the beginning of Psalm 14 and the beginning of Psalm 53 both essentially say the same thing. It says, The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. This is the ungodly person who lives life without the influence of God, His Word, or His people. And so walking in the way or on the road of the ungodly inevitably leads to me and you making decisions that are void or absent of God. Hanging out or standing on the road with habitual sinners or, uh, where they're known to travel is, like, uh, it, it is crazy, but it actually causes me to start making choices just like those that are in the way uh, making choices according to their habitual sin. And since I've already outlined for you the fact that the scornful person actually loves to mock and criticize God. Guys, let me tell you something. The scornful is worse than the sinner, and the sinner is worse than the ungodly. Do you notice there's a progression in verse number one? The ungodly, do we expect them to act like God? They're living without God. The sinner... They are committing evil and evil and evil. They know it's evil, but they continually, habitually sin. That's terrible, worse than the ungodly. But the scornful is worse than all because they mock God. They they mock Him. They criticize Him. They criticize the things of God, the people of God, the servants of God. Anything to do with God, that's the scornful person. And if you and I take a chair at the table of the scornful, if we sit down in that realm and we listen to the talk and the criticism of the scornful who mock God and the things of God, oh, we're in trouble. And, if, and here's the thing. I, I, I said it last week. If you and I know that sin is going to take us further than we want to go if we know that sin is going to keep us longer than we're wanting to stay, and we know that sin in the end is going to cost us more than we're willing to play or pay, then I say be blessed. Stay away from those things. Stay off of the road of the ungodly and be blessed. Number two, quite frankly, if you want to be blessed, I say be blessed by requiring and desiring God's word more and more every day require it and desire it more every day you say why do you say require because you must require it if there's a desire you're going to require it did you see that if I'm going to have a true desire for God's word, I am going to require it. Notice what verse number 2 says in the scripture. It says, but his delight, speaking of the blessed man, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The word delight here in verse number 2 actually means pleasure, hence a desire. Concretely, it actually means that, it's, that to delight God's word is a valuable thing. That's what it's saying. It's saying for the, blessing, for the blessed man or the blessed woman to desire God's Word, to delight in His Word, it's a valuable thing. Guys, God's Word is not a book of fables, myths, or legends. I think sometimes we do ourselves a disservice when we're talking to people and we say, have you read this story in God's Word? This is His story. They're not just a collection of little stories or myths or fables. This is the greatest story of all. Listen, for the child of good, for the child of God, those who have been made righteous by the blood of Christ, this word is truth. It's truth. It's undeniable. His word is dependable. The Bible is infallible. It's inerrant. Infallible means it's dependable. Inerrant means that it is impossible to be uh, wrong. His word is absolutely perfect. Second Timothy chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen. You know this verse and these passages well, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly or completely furnished unto all good works. Be blessed by loving God's Word more and by living it out more. It's one thing to love it, it's another thing to live it. And you can't live it unless you love it. And you're not going to love it unless you're living it. I know that's kind of crazy. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, because I want you to see this for yourself, for yourself. In Joshua chapter 1, you guys know the story, Moses has passed away and Joshua is now, God has told Joshua, he's the new leader, and God tells Joshua, he says, hey, you lead the Children on into the promised land. And he says, he tells Joshua. If you read the first few verses of chapter one, he tells Joshua, he says, Joshua, everywhere you go, everywhere that the bottom of your foot touches, I have given to you as an inheritance, just as I told your fathers before. He says, Go and lead the children on into the promised land. And so you see this in in, in chapter number one. And uh, then God then tells Joshua, he says, hey, listen, remember this, as I was with Moses, I'm also going to be with you. But then the very next thing God tells him in verse number six and verse number seven, and then even in verse number nine, he says, you got to be strong and you got to be courageous. I want to tell you something. The walk of faith is not for the weak. We're going to have to be strong. We're going to have to be courageous. And he's telling the leader that he has chosen, God's leader, he says, you need to be strong and you need to be courageous. And he tells Joshua, he says, you also need to be doing those things that Moses taught you from my word. He says, be strong, be courageous and do those things that Moses taught you. And, uh, and then notice what verse number 8 says. Because my question is, okay God, you've told me to be strong, you've told me to be courageous, you've told me to do all those things that Moses told me, you told me you're going to use me to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, you're telling me that you're going to give all the places that I touch with my foot, uh, everything will be ours as an inheritance, how does this take place? Notice what God tells us in verse number 8. He tells Joshua, he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shall meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then notice these two words, for then. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. You see, the key to success then and now is to be in the word, but not only to be in the word, but to be living it out. He says, get in my word. You've got, you got to be strong. you got to be courageous. And if you're going to be strong and courageous, you got to be in my word. you got to be seeking wisdom from me. you got to understand that I am your source of strength. You've got to understand that I am the one that is going to give you courage when you feel like you have no courage to stand. Sometimes I'm afraid. Been there and done that. Maybe you haven't, but I have. Sometimes I'm afraid we read God's word to find out just how far we can go before we cross the line. Sometimes I feel like we we read God's word as though we're walking a tightrope. God, can I just tell you that if you're reading God's word like you're walking a tightrope, you've probably already crossed the line in your heart. If you're trying to find out, God, how far can I go in this pleasure? How far is okay with you and your word? Then you've probably already thought about going further than you want to go, and you've probably already done yourself a disservice. Oh, we need to be blessed by desiring God's word more and more. Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, Blessed or happy are the undefiled in the way or the road who walk or behave and live themselves in the law of the Lord. Verse number 2, blessed are they that keep. That word keep means to maintain or obey His testimonies or His word and that seek Him or follow Him with their whole heart. Guys, when God's word is dwelling inside of us, not only are we going to be and feel blessed, we're going to have this incredible desire to please God. The last part of verse number two states that in his law doth he meditate day in and night. The person who meditates on God's word is like this. The person who meditates on God's word says, God, I hear what you have to say. Here am I. Break me. Change me. Mold me after your will. Let your will be done in my life. That's the person who is meditating on God's word. Eager to have God working in their life. That person will be blessed. Psalm 18 verse 30 says these words. As for God, His way or His road, His course of life is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. Guys, I want to tell you the Bible is never better than when it's read and lived out. If I take my Bible, whether it's on my phone, my iPad, or a printed copy, if I take my Bible and I set it up on the shelf Sunday after service and the next time I look at it is Sunday morning when I ask you or somebody asks you or Travis reads the scripture passage, turn with me to Psalm 1. Guys, I want to encourage you to get into God's word more than that. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed by desiring and requiring God's Word in your life. It has been said that man must have some delight, some supreme pleasure. His heart was never meant to be a vacuum. If not filled with the best things, it will be filled with the unworthy or disappointing things. Oh yes, be blessed. And then lastly, I just say be blessed by reaping the results Or if you like the word rewards better, you can input the word reward. Be blessed by reaping the results. Notice what verse number 3 has to say in our text. Verse number 3 says, And he, the blessed man... She'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Listen, folks, verse number 3 is conditional on verses number 1 and 2. Remember, Travis was talking a few weeks ago about the process affects the product. Last week we talked about being set free, true freedom, and the process affects the product. The same thing is true here. If you forsake verse number 1 and 2, don't think you're going to be like the tree that's planted by the rivers of water. As Christians, our strength comes from God's Word. That's how we're going to be nourished. We're going to be like that tree that's planted by water that's not going to have to worry about receiving sustenance. Our sustenance is going to come from the deep roots that are sunk deep in the water of Christ, the water of His Word. Proverbs 10, 29 says, The way or the road of the Lord is strength to the upright. See, when when we have our roots sunk deep into His Word, we're going to be able to stand. We're going to be able to stand when the winds of life threaten, when things happen in your family, when others th- things come into the workplace, come into your environment and seek to knock you over. You'll be able to stand in Jesus Christ and Him alone because your strength is in the Lord. Not only is our strength in the Lord, our stability is in God's Word like that tree is planted, I want you to know there in verse number, one, uh, verse number three, it says, and he shall be like a tree planted. That word planted actually means transplanted. It means transplanted. Because the last time I checked, if we are the tree, a tree, I've never seen a tree leave the nursery and go plant itself. I mean, Brother Barry planted some trees out back here, but he actually planted them. See, that word means transplanted. That means that God actually took us in, in our, His uh, wisdom and His grace and His mercy because we're uh, doing those things that are bringing Him honor and glory. He plants us. His word plants us by the rivers of water. Oh, my goodness. And the verse says that His leaf shall also not wither. We're able to resist evil. We're able to endure the storms of life when we are rooted and grounded in His word and in His love. Someone has remarked the leaf is the outward testimony of the tree and shows you what kind of tree it is. So if the leaves are brown, if the leaves are withered, if the leaves are blowing off the branches, what would you say about the tree? The tree is what? Dead or dying. But you see, the blessings. Of a blessed man, his leaves never never wither. They're green and they're full of life. Listen, Colossians 2, the Bible tells us, As ye have therefore received Christ the Lord, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Oh, walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. After we have been planted, so to speak, it is up to us to draw from the resources of God's Word. It is water. It is nourishment. It is food and milk and on and on. It's a hammer that tears down. We were talking about a hammer that builds and tears down. It's a fire. God's Word is all these many different things to His children. Not only does our strength and stability come from God's word, lastly, our success comes from God's word. Because verse number three also reminds us that the righteous person will bring forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall Prosper, A reminder of what God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse number 8. When we are abiding in the vine, as I closed last week's message in John chapter 15, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. And when you abide in the vine, he says, hey, then you're going to be able to do some things. But without me, you can do nothing. As you and I abide in Jesus Christ, we will be bearing him more fruit. A fruit tree bearing fruit. What a beautiful picture. Oh, we may never know just how successful our walk has been until one day He reveals it. But I want to encourage you. Rest assured, God's keeping the record. I don't have to keep a record. He does a pretty good job all by Himself. He's keeping the record of the blessings in this life. And He is also telling me that, Greg, whatsoever you do, you want to be blessed, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, Don't stand in the way of sinners. Sit not in the seat of the scornful. Let your delight be in the law of the Lord. Meditate on it day and night. And then, and then, you're going to be like that tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Oh, guys, if you haven't gotten the message this morning, be blessed. Be blessed. Resist the influence of evil. Require and desire God's word. And reap the results of His blessings in your life. But I also want to tell you, I want you to be blessed. But the process is so incredibly important, as we talked about last week. You're not going to be able to begin even this process of being blessed until you begin all the way back at the beginning. And it's not that far, folks. It's not that difficult when you begin to practice what God's Word has to say. And the only way that I'm going to begin to practice what God's Word has to say is when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. If you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to do it today. If you've never called out upon Him, if you've never realized that you're a sinner, we're in a room full of sinners. Everyone in this room is a sinner. Nobody has a hope of heaven without Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by Him. If you've never called out upon the name of the Lord, then do it then do it. And then once you have that relationship, you can begin to practice and behave differently because your belief system has been made different by Jesus Christ. Are you living a blessed life? I pray you are. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about our ministry, please go to battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. See you next time.